It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder, I'm joined by Richard Stamen, Mavs Draft on Twitter. We're talking all about the NBA draft and also NBA 2K and just actual NBA news. A great podcast coming up for you with my good pal Richard Stamen. Stay tuned for part one right here. Part two tomorrow is all about the young teams in the NBA and what to expect entering the year as well as that 2022 NBA draft. This podcast is brought to you by Wednesdays on the Lockdown NBA podcast. It's the small market meets big market episode. Wednesdays on the Lockdown NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of Lockdown Pelicans and John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Lockdown NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts from. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and editor-in-chief over at ThundersIntentions.com, media member Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-ThunderPod. Email the show, L-O-ThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128 on today's show. We bring on. A very special guest, someone that's been with us for the last year, talking draft. He's here to do it again for year number two at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Richard Stamen. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm excited to be entering my sophomore year of uh, Locked on Thunder. You were not a one and done. Congratulations. And I'm happy that you were not a one and done. You did not declare for a different podcast. Uh, and you've been so gracious with your time through all of this last year. And I cannot wait for that to continue into this season as we incorporate you uh, almost weekly. And so we, we both had a bit of a break uh, during this last month to regroup and kind of regain that, that itch for basketball. And we talked before the show, we both have that itch again. It's, it's go time now. Let's, let's get going with uh, the NBA. We'll have media days coming up next week or the week after. And training camp opens up September 28th. So let's start with the real NBA because you're not just a draft guy. You're also an NBA guy, which helps with your draft coverage. Let's talk broadly about the season. Also touch on the G League coming back to the certain extent that it's coming back to a more normalized than last year's bubble G League. And then give a brief little uh, scrub through the 2020 NBA draft. It's still very early, but obviously yet again, it's the kind of the most important part of this under season. But Richard, the NBA 2K22 just dropped on Friday. I saw that you played it on the TL. I've played it as well. Uh, 
How are you enjoying this year's game? And, and would you encourage our diehard listeners here who are listening to this podcast, our big NBA fans, and maybe they're on the fence about 2K. Do you think that they should get it? I can't believe I'm actually going to give a positive review because I criticize everything 2K does because I have always felt it's a terrible basketball experience. It's not a real basketball simulation. Like you look at MLB the show and I feel like I've actually played what could have been an MLB game. Um, not going to comment on Madden because one, I don't have it, and two, I know it's terrible. But NHL is really good too. But NBA just never felt like I was playing NBA basketball. And this year it changed. Everything's harder. And honestly, I like that. It's it's tough. The my player is hard because you can't cheese everything and just get to your spots and get 99 like that. And I like it. And then the actual gameplay is really good too. The only thing I don't like is that you really can't set a screen, get a pull-up dribble. Everything else is really smooth. Yeah, I honestly love this year's gameplay for NBA 2K22. You've also done a simulation the entire season to see how the Thunder fare. We're going to touch on that as we get closer to the draft talk in this. But breaking news at the top of the show, at least it's breaking as we're recording this podcast, the Denver Nuggets and Aaron Gordon have agreed to a four-year, $92 million contract extension for that franchise. I bring this up because, obviously, right, the Western Conference is going to be very tough. And to me, and maybe I'm wrong here, this signals that the Nuggets are not going to, they're going to do what it takes to build a championship team around Jokic. They're not going to be overwhelmed. They're not going to be kind of nickel, nickel and diming the system. They're trying to win a championship. Even as Jamal Murray recovers from that injury, whenever he's back and you have Gordon, and you have Jokic, that is a formidable, fun championship team. We know Dallas with Luka, they're not going away either. And of course, the top of the Western Conference is what it is every single year. So when you're looking at the Thunder and their rebuild, you just go down this Western Conference and barring any sort of expansion that, that leads to some conference shifting, the Jazz, the, the, the Nuggets, the Clippers, when Kawhi's back, he's locked in for the long term. The Mavericks still have a team to build around Luka, and Luka's one of the best players in the NBA, so that will help them greatly. The Lakers have LeBron and AD, and sure, that roster next year is going to look a ton different next year, obviously, because of all these one-year deals. But whenever you have that nucleus of LeBron and AD, I don't really care what the pieces around them are. That's still a tough team to get through. Memphis is one of the best-built young franchises in the league. And then you have, of course, Golden State. What can they be with Dre and, and Clay back and Steph back? Uh, sure, it steps off there at San Antonio, but the Pelicans have Zion and they might blunder it just like they did with AD, but for now they have Zion. And then the Kings and Timberwolves, while they're not good, they're actively trying to get better and they're trying to, to win right now. And I like what, what the Rockets are doing. I love what Stone has done with that franchise. He's not made a bad move yet. And we'll see what he does with John Wall with that contract extension. I should say with that contract trying to get moved out of Houston, not extension. Uh, but the Thunder, they have all the draft picks. They have Shea. But when you're looking at this Western Conference, how can you move up the ranks whenever so many teams just feel so much further ahead of you? And to me, this contract extension just shows it's going to be an uphill battle. And they're going to be good teams who will never reach their, their hopes and never reach the mountaintop, even though they're built well, they ran well, and they did everything right. Memphis has done everything right so far, and they very well could, could miss the playoffs this year. They also uh, could play out this entire stretch with Jaw and, and Triple J and everybody else on that roster and not get close to a championship, even though they've taken the proper steps to. So what does this Aaron Gordon deal mean to you? Is it that big on the grand stage? Like I just kind of lamented for a couple minutes, or 
Is it a blip on the radar? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think this almost ensures Jokic goes and stays um, because the Nuggets are willing now to go over the tax. That's what this message is portraying to me is that they're not afraid to spend and overpay the guys they need to keep just around their current core. So obviously Jamal Murray will be back sometime in the near future or in the future, whether it's at the end of the regular season playoffs, not even for this year, they, they have to just stick their core and make sure Jokic stays no matter what. It's been a pipe dream in Dallas that Jokic will come here, but um, just like every other pipe dream the Mavs have ever had, it's not going to happen. So I, my whole thing though, is the question you asked with, how do you get ahead? The good thing for the thunder and this is actually not a factual thing, what I'm about to say. I don't know if this is literal or not, but it, it is a trending thing where it's close enough. It's a ballpark. But timelines change quickly. It's like three years. Like, think about where the league was going into the 2018-19 season and tell me how much different the league looks now. You can look at the standings. You can look at so much. And some of it's just natural progression. I mean, the Mavs weren't a playoff team, and now they are. I mean, that's natural progression. You have the Thunder who, I mean, they took on Chris Paul um what uh one year later and they were still they still had russell westbrook a lot changes like there's so much turnover and if you have assets you have these young pieces you have youth that can develop because progression is honestly the best asset to have is have young players that are willing going to progress and likely to progress such as you know you have josh giddy you have sga you have poku you have a, a laundry list of these young players and a probably a majority of them are going to at least be rotation players. And when you have that combined with the league's best combination of assets, you're actually in a pretty good position because as we've seen, stars can turn franchises around. Like say Carl Anthony Towns misses the playoffs again. He wants out of Minnesota. This is something I brought up multiple times on this podcast or Bradley Beal or honestly both because that's how much assets Oklahoma City has. Tada, you're suddenly... Now you went from how do we get there to who's going to stop us? So I, I think it's actually, I don't think Oklahoma City, for example, should be nervous. It's more the teams that are in the bottom tier playoff, almost not playoff range. So like anyone 10 to six should be worried about those kinds of moves that more than Oklahoma City, Houston, um, Sacramento, whoever else you want to put in as those rebuilding teams in the West. Those are the teams that should be scared. Not, not those teams. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another device that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sport highlights on your phone, you've got your best friends lock in for the good stuff, and everything is in different spots. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love all in one place, and that is without the hassle. It's getting your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together. It's your TV together with DirecTV Stream. That's going to directtv.com, directtv.com to learn more. Compatible devices required. Content varies by packages. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think the Thunder are kind of in a, in a great spot still, even with this extension. I just think that it's good seeing that. It was just another reminder from the last year where you saw the Bucks go and win a championship. And now the Nuggets are going all in to try to win a championship. It can happen in a small market if you are willing to do the right things. And the Thunder certainly are. You mentioned that about the roster. So the good thing about the roster, you already have your guy. I think that SGA, and maybe this is me with Homer glasses on. You can let, let me know. I think SGA proved himself last year to being the guy on a team. Uh, you can you can go back and forth on who's going to be the one or two because that just depends on how uh, how you build this roster out. And, and maybe if you bring in a guy who can only score, maybe technically he's the one because SGA is such a good facilitator. Uh, but nonetheless, Shea's the guy of the franchise. And it kind of gets reflected by these 2K ratings, which is SGA, the number one overall guy, at 86 overall. But then you don't have another 80 on the roster. Lou Dort's close, 78. You look at these young guys, and they're all quality. I mean, Basie's 75, Giddy's 75, Ty Jerome's a 75, Poku's a 74, Malvon's 74, even Deck and Roby and Williams are 74, uh, and then Trey Mann and um, JRE's a 72 and 77, I should say 72 and 70 overall. But I would say 2K at this right because, yes, the Thunder have the guy, but their complementary pieces are just kind of average, good, quality players, and they're still looking for that next building block. Is that building block, in your opinion, within this group of Baisley, Giddy, Poku, Maldon, and who is most likely to take that jump to where in a, in a year or two years we're seeing like, oh, wow, now Josh Giddy's rated an 87 overall, and he's right there with SGA, and, and they found their pillars. Yeah, I mean, 2K is a really good way to to conceptualize, I guess, the the way progression happens is by looking at that. And it's a good way to, I guess, quantify some of the stuff if you don't want to use counting stats and whatnot. I mean, for Oklahoma City, it comes down to, I mean, I think we talked about this before. You probably need three of four, two of three, depending on what group you use. But SGA, I mean, this is semantics at this point, but I mean, I see him as a great second option more than a first option. But and that's on like a, you know, title contending team. It's not really an insult. Being a great second option isn't a bad thing at all. Uh, Chris Middleton is a great second option, and I don't think many teams would turn him down. So, but you have things like that, and then you need you need Josh Giddy to hit. I mean, that is an absolute must. Having him next to SGA would be huge. And Poku, him even hitting probably a 75% outcome does a lot. And then you can throw in any mix of a fourth player. You could say Lou Dort. You could say... Darius Baisley, building block Baisley, like you could say any of these guys, Teo Maladon, there's so many names, like I said, the laundry list of young players, you get three of four, whichever four you consider the best to hit. And I think it's pretty realistic. You're in a good shape for the future. Now you, you mentioned right there, building block Baisley. And, and I, I respect your knowledge of every team in the NBA. Cause you know, to be a draft person, you have to know every team that way you know what fits with them what they like to do what they like to look for for example you, you'll know that the thunder like international players they also like players who can play multiple positions and are very versatile so that can factor into your evaluations of players and how you might think that they fit on certain teams so as somebody on the outside looking in with a ton of knowledge and and luckily uh, you help me out and, and and do this podcast almost weekly and so you watch the thunder more than probably you typically would well i'm gonna come on here every single week uh, but from what you see with there's basically is it an overstatement to say that this is a make-or-break year for him this season? Now, to clarify this, I don't think that it's a make-or-break year in the sense of he's out of the NBA next season, but I think that 
if he does not take a noticeable leap this year, and he's yet again another player who does not improve over uh, 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 under a Mark Dignot kind of leadership the way that everyone else has improved under his leadership, uh, maybe he then starts to cast uh, aside to where you're no longer saying, hey, should he start this year or should Poku start? You're saying, oh, yeah, he's a bench player. Uh, whatever he gives you is great. Uh, he's a nice little player, but you kind of give up on that upside. Is it is it that kind of year where you've got to see the flashes? Maybe not consistently, but you've got to see the flashes in order to continue to sell yourself on him being a part of this core and factoring into a eventual hopeful championship level team. I mean, it's, I don't think it's an overstatement at all to say that he needs to prove he's a starting caliber player. I mean, for, for starters, he needs to get his field goal percentage above 40%. You can't be as big as he is shooting that inefficiently. Even if a lot of the shots I get aren't the same, like you're not, you're not going to be doing that a lot. It's more development of his shooting is a big thing, but which obviously that needs to improve a ton too, but you need to see these flashes come together. And when you're in your third year, I think teams are looking to trade off someone. They, they have a, they have an idea going into the fourth year, if they're going to trade someone or keep them. And if Baisley doesn't succeed, you, you are more than willing to throw him into a trade for as a bigger part as a sweetener, because what are you really missing out on? Like a, a medium rotation player. I mean, that's so replaceable in this league that you're not hurting for doing that. And maybe he hits somewhere else, but the idea is if you trade him, you're hopefully getting someone really good right now. So I think Baisley needs to hit, I would say, I mean, you know, I'm high in Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I mean, if he's not better than Jeremiah Robinson Earl this year, and this is someone who I see JRE has one of the best floors in the class. And I think he is a rotation player already. If Baisley can't be more impactful than him, sound the alarms. Like that's honestly bad for trade value. That's where the issue comes in. It's you want him to be, you want him to cross the line of he's good enough for us, but can he be seen as a positive throughout the league as a trade piece? And that's ultimately what it has to come down to. I don't know if it's going to be like change the way he's playing. Cause obviously there's an emphasis on shooting and developing that in his game, but play to his strengths a little bit more and maybe at the worst showcase him as the trade piece. Yeah. You mentioned there about the sweetener uh, factor. And that's what I've been talking about lately is that you know, we saw last draft that the picks alone, when you're trying to move up in the draft, won't really overwhelm teams because they're going to be bad as well. They already have their picks and things like that. They'd rather have that tangible uh, quality prospect. Uh, so you're going to need something to push you over the edge. And that could be a Baisley. That could be a Malvon. And I think that you you really hit something that, that this fan base specifically, myself included, needed to hear of like, this is not the, uh, you know, 2010s where the Thunder just could not find role players to save their life. And that's what uh, really stopped them from taking that next step with all of their great high-end talent, along with injuries, of course. But role players are much easier to find now than they ever have been. And while it's great to build your roster with quality depth, so far, the Thunder have done that. The Thunder roster itself of complimentary pieces is ready to win if they can find that next star next to Shea. If you could just pick a star up, put them next to Shea, and keep these role players, this is a ready-made roster of role players and one very high-end superstar, all-star, whatever you want to label him as. So it's easier to find these kind of guys now than it has been in recent years. That goes a long way for building this roster and including players and sweeteners like Tail Maldon or like Darius Baisley. And then if they don't, you know, if they do jump into that next rank of where you'd want them as legitimate starters and you'd want them long-term, that's great too, because you've gotten them uh, just with your picks that you've already used and not any additional assets. Now you mentioned there, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, 
in their space, like going head to head, kind of in a in a sort of battle, so to say, uh, or just in the sense of comparison. For me, I am interested in the comparison of Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Isaiah Roby because I think that they're going to be asked to do the same thing. You saw last year, Mark used Isaiah Roby as that small ball five at times. And even as he was getting cooked defensively, they stuck with him. They showed him how to make adjustments and they got him playing to the point where sure, he was not a lockdown defender. He was not a great defender and it wasn't even considered a good defender. He just stayed in front. He just contested without fouling. And he got to that point last year and that's all the Thunder wanted him to do because, Hey, if you're just going to, if you're just going to, poured inside and only get two points. That's fine with the team we're trying to build for the future. So with all that being said, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl could simply be a better small ball five and shoot the three ball better than Roby to where now Roby's expendable. And it's kind of redundant to have both. Uh, do you think that that's kind of the trajectory for a JRE or is it something different? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty similar. You're going to play him at either the four or five, kind of a similar role to Baisley and someone else who I didn't even think of that I forgot Oklahoma City has. I don't know if he plays a lot, especially after the first 30 games, but Derek Favors too, which just places more and more pressure on Baisley to perform at a high level, be efficient. Even if he's only shooting like 44, 45%, you take it because crossing that 40% threshold is huge for him this year. And, and for Jeremiah Robinson Earl, you know, he shares a lot of the similarities and strengths and weaknesses, especially as a shooter. Like Jeremiah Robinson Earl only shot 29% from three this year, I think it was a little bit low at college, but he hasn't proved himself in that area. And both of them are going to be competing to do similar things. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that battle goes down in the big man group for Oklahoma city and who comes out as the best big man in that for this year. I want to tell you about our good friends over at built bar built bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order. They have so many great flavors. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. My favorite flavor is Cookies and Cream. Built Bar is a protein bar, but it does taste like a candy bar. It is fantastic. You can check it out with 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavor, all tasty, all healthy. The official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can use them pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement. So get you your Built Bars today by going to BuiltBar.com using promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, LOCK15 for 15% off of your next order. Go try out that Cookies and Cream Built Bar today. I want to say right now, my good friends over at BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again when you're starting to bet on sports and they're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and you'll receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, baseball, right to your favorite casino games from Vegas. Do not wait to take advantage for this amazing offer available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Use our code locked on when you go sign up for Bet Online. Dot A-G. Do not forget to go check out Locked On Bets because they're going to help you bet at betonline.ag. Locked On Bets helps you make betting not a guessing game. 
with Lee Sterling and your boy Q. They get you set for daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favor picks, and Lee's lock of the day. So follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcast from. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Agree or disagree with 2K that the Cavs and the Thunder will be the two worst teams in the NBA? I uh, disagree. I think one of them will be, and it's not Cleveland. I have Cleveland as a play-in contending team. Not a play-in team, but they'll contend. I like that that, that Cleveland roster for what you're saying in the Eastern Conference. Uh, yeah, they can make a little noise and, and be a fun, scrappy, young little team. Uh, you think the Thunder will be the worst team in the NBA or just competing for the worst team in the NBA? No, 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 no. They'll be competing. The The only two teams that I, I see two teams worse, and that is the Houston Rockets um, and my Orlando Magic. Those are the only because the East and West are pretty balanced this year, and there's only three teams that have stuck out as they're not going to be competing in the play in game, and it's those three teams. Interesting on the Rockets. I'm interested with the Rockets and Thunder uh, kind of going back and forth, obviously, uh, with you know, with each other, and obviously they're going to be tied together with that CP3 rush trade. I think that the Rockets roster itself, you have the better prospect of the two, Gideon and Jalen Green. Obviously, you'd take Jalen Green over Giddy. You have Kevin Porter Jr., if you buy into the hype from last year and think you can duplicate that. And then you also have Christian Wood. I think that the Thunder have the very best player on either roster in SGA, uh, but the big three of Green, Porter Jr., Christian Wood, I guess the big three of you know SGA, Dort, and, I mean, Favors maybe, or Baisley maybe, or Giddy maybe, or Poku maybe, uh, is interesting to go back and forth with those two squads. Uh, I, I like picking who has the better player, which would be SGA, uh, but but I'm not sure it would be a slam dunk, and, either, and I don't think you are either. So kind of balancing these two teams is going to be fun to watch for moving forward. I think they're the best coach and the best player. So that likely leads to them finishing above Houston. Yeah. And I mean, Houston's the youngest team in the league. I'm pretty sure, especially once John wall eventually gets bought out or traded and being the youngest team in the league generally correlates with having arguably the worst record in the league. So it's a, and like you said, if you don't have, if you have the worst uh, best player of the bunch too, you're probably not going to be better than Oklahoma city. And it all depends on health, of course. But, I mean, yeah, Oklahoma City safely over Houston. So we will have part two of this pod on Thursday. On Friday, we'll talk about the Oklahoma City Blue schedule. We'll talk about what Vegas thinks about this season, courtesy of our good friends over at BetOnline.ag, and so much more. So tune in for that Friday episode of Locked on Thunder. And tomorrow's episode, we continue our conversation with Richard Stamen. We're talking tomorrow about the entire 2022 NBA draft. We're talking more about young teams, how they'll perform this year, how the standings might shake out, and so much more. It's a very fun podcast, very lengthy one. We broke it up in two parts. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from. It's totally free to follow along on all of your platforms. So make sure you do that as well. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Follow Richard on Twitter at Mavs draft on Twitter. Also, go check out thundersintentions.com for all of your written Thunder content. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.